This morning we're going to take just a one-week break from our series on Acts to focus on prayer. And the reason that we're doing this is because as we think about and learn about God's mission, his kingdom and his mission, um, so much is involved with um, praying his kingdom come. And so we want to spend this week talking about prayer, reminding us, growing us, strengthening us in prayer. And so our primary text is going to be James 5, verses 13 to 18. It's towards the end of your New Testament before First and Second Peter. And so towards the end, you can be looking for James. And I want to tell you that prayer is one of our four focus areas here at Gold. And so we um, focus on worship, prayer, caring, and equipping. Those are our four focus areas. And so this is really critical to our vision fulfillment. And so um, we're going to think about prayer. How many of you know that you didn't get born knowing how to do everything? Yeah? Can I get a witness? All right. So um, we... Yeah, thank you, Preach. I love this. So we need to be taught things. And um, there's just nothing like a kind teacher, right? Like somebody that's encouraging and kind. And I was thinking yesterday about my brother-in-law, Chip. He is the most patient man, and he is such a kind teacher. He has taught all the cousins how to water ski. And so one by one, he would get him out in the water, and he'd stand there and patiently, sometimes you know it takes many, many attempts to teach a child to ski, and he would say, it's going to be okay, you can do this, you can do this. And I'll never forget the shock of when he taught my four-year-old niece to water ski. He had this little double skis that were kind of attached together, And he had her in the vest, and he's like, you just need to lean back and bring your knees up, keep your toes pointed up, and put that rope right in the middle. And anyway, and um, you can do this. You're looking. You must have taught some kids to, to ski. Yeah. And anyway, and all of a sudden, Amber just pops out of the water, and she's doing it. And we're like, you're doing it like the big kids. And anyway, it was so fun. And I just think, oh. To have teachers that are encouragers and can say, you can do this. God's word to us this morning says, yeah, you need to learn to pray and you can do this. You can do this like Elijah. And so anyway, we're going to look at what God says in his word about prayer. And to start, I want to just remind us, as I've already said, we all need to learn. And the disciples in Luke 11 said to Jesus, would you teach us to pray? And you remember he started with saying, yes, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He taught them to pray. And then he went on. And I'm just going to paraphrase this to say that he talked about somebody that had a guest that came overnight and they didn't have bread and they went to a friend's house and they knocked on the door in the middle of the night and said, give me three loaves of bread. And he said, it's his audacious um, boldness with which the person actually gives the bread. And he says, won't the father 
give even more the Holy Spirit and his grace to those who ask. And so he teaches us that we pray. We pray to our Father made possible by what this table just represented, that Jesus laid down his life so we could have restored relationship. So when we are asking in prayer, we're asking just like we're going to the most loving parent and saying, I need some bread. No no um, parent is going to deny giving the child something they need for life. And so our Father is not going to deny anything that we need for our life and for carrying on the work here. He also says, your kingdom come. And so we're praying for God's will, his kingdom to come, his rule and his reign on this earth. And we pray for the bread. And we pray for that represents all of our needs. And we just named a lot of needs here. Lord, I I need rest. I need guidance. I need wisdom. I need humility. We come and we ask for all that we need. Now let's go to that passage in James. You maybe you're already there, but James five thirteen to eighteen. I was asking the Lord what passage would just be packed full of things about prayer that we could unpack, and I felt like this was the one. So let's look at this. Is okay. You're telling me a page number, Vic. Please tell me the page number. Eighteen eighty four. Thank you. We appreciate Vic's role. And we're so thankful that he's back as an answer to prayer, right? Friends, do you realize that they had said it was maybe going to be a couple of weeks of recovery and all this? And his surgery was half the time. It went so well. And he was already discharged on Friday and got back to Grand Rapids on Saturday. What an answer to prayer. Let's learn more about prayer. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. What an amazing story. What an amazing encouragement. Pray. What's the scope of what we should pray about? Pray about everything. He says, if you've got joys, if you've got troubles, when he puts those opposites there, he's saying pray about all of life. Everything in your life is something to pray about. So pray about everything that's needed. When we pray, we see that the power of God is released. If you've got sickness, go and pray about it. The power of God is released as we pray. God's grace comes, and we're reminded again of his forgiveness, the forgiveness that we just celebrated with this communion meal. And when we pray, we're told that the prayers are powerful and effective. Powerful. What do you think of when you think of powerful? Maybe like dynamite or, I don't know, like NASA sending off something into outer orbit. Like there's a lot of power there. That's what happens when Christians pray. Boom! The Lord releases his power on earth. All right. So God's power is released 
and our prayers are effective. They hit the mark. They hit the target. Do you ever try to play, um, not play, but, you know, do um, archery in school? Did you ever have archery classes and you try to hit the target? The Lord helps us so that when we pray, they're effective. We actually hit the mark. And as we are learning how to pray, because remember, the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And so this passage, I want to drill down deeper. I want to look at this Elijah person that is referenced here. Because if our prayers are like Elijah, like if we're like Elijah, who is Elijah and what was he praying about? He was praying about rain. He was praying because first he prayed that there was no rain and then he prayed and the Lord sent rain. And so what in the world? And that story comes from 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'm not going to read this, but I invite you to take a note of 1 Kings 18 and go back and read this whole story. It's just amazing what the Lord will do as people will respond in prayer. But Elijah, the Lord told him in 18.1, he said this, he said, um, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. A leader, and he's saying, go now and as you present yourself, I'm going to send rain. All right? But yet later we read that after Elijah went and presented himself, And you remember, this is, if you are familiar with the Bible, this is the story of after Elijah called down fire from heaven, now he's saying, it's going to, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. He says this to Ahab in the middle of a three-year drought. All right, can you imagine, it's kind of dry, it's getting kind of a little drier out there in Michigan, but what if it had not rained for three years? And what if everybody came to church one day and somebody said, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. That would take a lot of courage and boldness. And you might wonder, like, really? I don't hear this. But anyway, Elijah gets up and he says, and he does just what was the will of the Lord. And so what we learn here is that we need to pray in the will of the Lord. What does the Lord say? Well, the Lord said this directly to Elijah. Well, what does the Lord directly say to us? Everything in this book is what he says. And so pray your Bible. Read your Bible and pray about what it says. And we're praying in the will of the Lord. And 1 John five fourteen says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So if we know we're praying God's will, we can be confident that he's going to do it. Just as Elijah was confident enough that it's going to rain, that he goes up to King Ahab and says, Hey, I'm hearing the sound of a heavy rain. Boldness, courage. We can have that kind of boldness and courage. But it requires a co-laboring because it didn't stop with Ahab just going and telling King Ahab that it, it didn't happen that Elijah just went and told him that. But then he went up on the mountain and it says he crouched down and he put his head down again. Well, I won't try to demonstrate that anymore, but you get, you get the point, right? Like he's crouched down. This would be as if, um, in our culture, they folded their hands and they closed their eyes. Maybe, um, just, it's a posture of prayer. There's nothing special. It's just 
when this was written, people would understand, oh, he was really in intense prayer. And so he goes up on the mountain and he has a role. He's co-laboring with God. Yes, God wants to do this and he's sovereign, but yet there's this response that he has to pray this grace to come. And he prays and then he sends his servant out and says, do you see any clouds? No, nothing. Seven times he prays. He's persisting in prayer. He's co-laboring in prayer. He prays for rain. We have a critical part. Now, if Andrew felt like the Lord was saying, I want to do something, I want to work at the YMCA, he had to send out an email and communicate, but he didn't stop there. He showed up and he's been praying. And whoever else comes, they're praying with him. And the Lord's going to send his grace as they're persisting in prayer. What happens if we would fail to pray? I want to ask this question and answer it with two passages of scripture. John 16, 24 says, Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. It doesn't say sit there and do nothing and you will receive and your joy will be complete. It says ask. And so we have a responsibility to ask. If we don't ask, we're not going to receive. John, James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. So let's just make sure it's very explicit here, right? We're not supposing anything or doing any counterbalancing and arguments. It's very clear. You do not have because you do not ask God. And so if we fail to ask God, he may want to do something, but he's not sending his grace. He's not releasing it like it's in his hand. He's ready to give it, but we need to ask. Just like you would say to a child, oh, you would like mommy to give you this? Would you ask and say please? And you release that gift. Now I want to give you four tips that I see in prayer. Um, and kind of like my, un- uh, not my uncle, my brother-in-law taught the cousins, right? Lean back, put your knees up, keep your toes up and keep that rope kind of there in the center. I want to tell you that we look at Elijah and I see four things that we can learn from him. Pray in boldness, bold, bold prayers. He prayed for rain after three years. And that passage in Luke where Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he said it was, it was the um, audacious, shameless audacity. That's what was happening when people were bold. They were bold with what they needed then the Lord responds to that kind of prayer. I want to tell you a story that came from a little book called um, Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. Some of you have this book. There's a couple of little prayer stories, and I want to tell you this one. I thought it was really um, quite interesting, quite bold. All right, so how many of you know that on a hot and a sunny day, a shade tree is nice? Yes? Okay, in Africa, there was a church, and they had, in this village, there was one tree. And under the shade of that tree is where the church met. Well, the witch doctor cast a curse on that tree. This might blow your worldview if you aren't familiar with a spiritual worldview, a biblical worldview. But this witch doctor cast a spell against this tree, and the tree withered up, and all the leaves fell off, and the tree died. Well, the church was 
meeting under that shade tree, and it impacted the church. It not only impacted and cast um, a evil presence over that area, but it really it impacted their ability to preach the word. And so the pastor goes and proclaims a prayer, public prayer gathering, and he breaks that curse, and he lays his hands on a dead tree, almost as if I would go to some dead piece of wood and want to lay my hands on it and ask the Lord to resurrect the tree. The tree comes back to life. The tree normally bears fruit once a year. That tree, two times a year, produced fruit after that time. And the leaves came back on the tree, and the church was able to resume business as usual. Bold prayers. Specific prayers. Elijah said, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. He didn't say, I'm hearing a sprinkler going off. It was a heavy rain. In Luke, the person goes up to um, the neighbor, remember, in the middle of the night, and he didn't say, do you have anything in your cupboard? Excuse me, do you have, um, like, maybe just some scraps or something, like anything that I could feed my guest? He said, give me three loaves of bread. Very, very specific All right, this is kind of a combination of specific and faith-filled, but there was a group of um, farmers down in Mississippi. Again, the story from this book on prayer. Farmers, and um, it's drought again, okay? And so their crops are almost ready to harvest, and it's um, affecting and potentially going to wipe out their crops. And so all these rural farmers gather together for a prayer gathering, And they all gather, and one of them wears waders. Everybody else comes in their coveralls, their overalls. Why does this person have waders on? Well, he didn't want to get wet after the prayer meeting. He was praying with boldness, and he was praying specifically that there would be rain, and apparently he was praying specifically that the rain would start while they were praying. I don't know why he didn't bring an umbrella, but, you know, whatever. Maybe I'm not going to make a joke about rural farmers. Anyway, but the point is, when they got out of the meeting, he's the one that stayed dry. Hallelujah. Specific prayers. Persistent prayers. Third thing, persistent prayers. Elijah prayed seven times. He kept saying, go back, go back, go look. He prayed persistently. He kept on going. Luke 11, 9 and 10, it says... Ask, seek, knock, and those verb tenses, keep on asking, keep on asking. And so there's this name it and claim it, like you pray once and then you stop praying because otherwise they say you don't have faith. Well, scripture does not say that. Scripture actually encourages us to keep praying because actually every time we pray, we remember that we have a loving father who cares about us. And if for any reason the answer is not yet... We need to be reminded that he's watching and that his wisdom is saying that there's some reason that this is a delay in a response. But keep asking, keep persisting in prayer. And this was kind of really helpful and interesting to think about. A point that was brought up in this book was about if we, what would happen if we didn't persist? And he raises, I guess it's called counterfactual theory, the what-if questions. What if the Israelites had stopped circling Jericho on the day six? 
Or for that matter, what if Elijah had quit praying for rain after his sixth request? When we quit circling, when we quit praying, when we don't persist in prayer, we don't just compromise the present. Every promise, every miracle, every blessing in your future is forfeited. If the Israelites had stopped circling Jericho, they would have forfeited their first victory in the promised land, but there was much more at stake than that. They would have forfeited the promised land altogether, but they didn't stop. And the Lord's calling us not to stop, but to keep persisting until we see the breakthrough. Fourth thing. Remember, I said we're going to have four tips on prayer. Bold prayer, specific prayer, persistent prayer, and praying in agreement. And so we see Elijah working with a servant. We see in the Lord's prayer that he said, um, forgive us our sins. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us. And then even in that passage about, um, yeah, just in agreement. That's, of course that's what's coming next, Pastor Dave. But there was one other thing I wanted to say about um, James, and this is what it was. Um, In James, he says, if any of you are sick, call the elders together, right? And so there's this togetherness again. And so we, he always is looking at us as community. He's not, we're very individualistic, but he's looking at us in community. And so praying in agreement and Matthew 18, 19, which is like Pastor Dave, the biblical encyclopedia. All right. If two or if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. And Pastor Dave, I'm honoring you. I am not, I'm not teasing at all. I wish we all could have this amount of scripture laid up in our hearts. Um, we'll be blessed as we continue to memorize scripture. So here's these four tips, boldness, specific, persistent, and in agreement. Now, let me tell you how this has worked out at Gold Avenue Church. Several years ago, some of you might remember that we had children Sunday school after the service, but we had children coming off the streets unattended that were um, coming and worshiping with us, but they were in and out. There was no adult supervision. And we started to recognize this was more than um, not just something to try to be managed, but actually God's opportunity to us to spread the gospel to children from our neighborhood. And how might the Lord want to answer that prayer? But we didn't know. We took it to our elders at that time, and we were thinking about sending it to committee to think about and study. But for whatever reason, the Lord kind of turned us to, let's call the church to pray about this for a month. Maybe some of you remember that. I don't know, maybe it was about three years ago, four years ago. So anyway, we prayed for a month that the Lord would raise up children's worship, leadership for children's worship, and would give us a leader to lead that. Well, during that month of prayer, I started to get some emails from people, and Pastor Dave did, saying, you know, as I'm praying, I could help out. I'd be willing to help out, but I can't lead. And then another person said, I might be able to help out. And then the Lord sent something completely unexpected. We got news that um, InterVarsity wanted to bring a group of 30 students here to worship with us one Sunday. And we wondered, should we do that? Because what would it do to our demographics if all of a sudden, and then we decided, yes, of course, this should be, we should welcome whoever wants to come here. And so um, anyway, so they came and then some of them started to hear that we were praying for this. And even we got some of them that said maybe they would help for a little bit. Eli, you remember Eli with InterVarsity and some others, um, I think Amanda 
and Travis maybe were, I don't know if they were part of that group or they were friends of friends, but these were people that we were not connected with at the time. But the Lord started to answer our prayers, but we continued in prayer and we gathered that group together. And so we talked and we prayed and we dreamed, but we needed a leader. Well, we had been praying for that leader and we did not know that Mark and Rebecca Essenberg, who had been missionaries in Romania, were feeling led to be called back to the United States to pursue um, not only their vocation, but their family um, growth in so anyway, and through a series of events where Mark comes to a evangelism training, not a children's leadership interview, but a evangelism training, and all of a sudden the Lord starts to connect some dots, and we have a conversation, and then we end up at a conference where Mark and Rebecca were a couple of weeks later, and we have a conversation with them, and then we invite them to come here on a Friday morning early. And we talk about, we've been praying for children's worship, and we've been praying for somebody to give leadership, and we've got a group of people willing to serve, but we need a leader. And the Lord brings us an urban missionary, and Mark and Rebecca have been just delightful and wonderful members of our church that we're so grateful for. And so now Mark faces kind of a similar challenge, because as a rotation of leaders have gone through, we're facing a shortage of some leadership again. And so our elders remember this lesson that we persevere in prayer and we bring all of our needs. And so the elders of Gold Avenue Church are calling our congregation to pray for the next month for children and youth ministries. And I'm going to invite Mark to come up and join me and um, explain a little bit about um, how we're going to, as in agreement pray for the needs. And so, Mark, tell us what is needed and how we're going to pray. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Gina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, just have to get over the emotions of that story because um, even though that was four years ago, it still just uh, brings so much joy to my heart that God was weaving our stories together even though we didn't know it at all. Um, And that's how he works, and I believe that's how he'll continue to work. As, as we pray for this. Um, yeah, as Pastor Gina mentioned, um, we'd like to spend this month of July focusing on children and youth ministries. Even though there are many, many other needs here, there are many, many discipleship needs and prayer needs that we can pray for, and we're hoping to have other months that will be focusing on those. And so the way that we would like to help us all to be involved praying is um, in your bulletins. If, did everyone get a bulletin? If you didn't, please pick one up on the way out because inside there is a special paper that we came up with. It's two-sided, so it's an insert in your bulletin. This is something that we hope will help you guys to remember what the needs are and to be able to pray all four ways that Pastor Gina just shared with us. So we have shared some of the needs that we have in children and youth ministries because um, as I've been here, we've added new ministries and we have um, a lot more kids coming now. And so there are just many, many more needs for teachers and for people to help me run this. Uh, so these are all listed on here. Uh, yeah, as, as things have grown, it's gotten harder for me to manage every ministry that we have under children and youth ministries here. So um, I've listed some positions for some supervisors and 
coordinators that might be able to help me uh, to coordinate these ministries. Um, so, so those are all listed in addition to um, some school outreach opportunities. Um, we have lots of local schools around here and just something on the hearts of all of the leaders of the church is to reach out into the schools and to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the schools. And not only by doing, by doing things for them, but for, by praying for them too. So uh, that's also listed on there. So these are things that um, when I was just doing a devotional and reading what Paul said about praying continuously and without ceasing, that when you know what the needs are, you can do that. You can maybe think when you're walking down the street or when you're at work, oh, I should pray for that leader or I should pray for God to bring in those three children worship workers or whatever. And so take it with you. Yeah. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have room to fit all this on a business card or a postcard, but, uh, but you can take it with you and, and have it with you all times so you can pray. And then on the back, there's a calendar. And this calendar has every day of the month and then a little bit into August because we just thought maybe this would help for everyone to say, well, today I'm praying for this and the next day I'm praying for this. And so we make sure that all of those needs are covered. But I just want to let you know, you don't have to only pray for those one for that one thing listed on that day. If you prayed for all of these things every day, that would be great. Um, the more prayer, like Pastor Gina said, the more God is releasing and sowing into this ministry. And then, yeah, the, the very last week is a prayer guide for our Upward Challenge Camp, which is where um, several of the kids from our middle and high school youth group and I and Stephanie and Evan and uh, Jackie and Victoria will all be going to North Carolina for that camp. Um, and so there's just a little prayer guide added on to the end for that part of the camp too. So I hope we hope that this really helps and we hope to do more of this type of um, pr- focused prayer in the future for all of the other needs that our church has. So thank you very so, much. So um if you find a piece of paper too cumbersome, if you've got a phone, take a picture of it, and then you've got it with you at all times to be in prayer. So, um, and Mark, when you're talking about this, I know you can't go anywhere right now because I just want to say, when he's talking about this youth group going and somewhere between 7 to 12 or so kids going plus 5 leaders, this youth group was not in existence when we were having that initial prayer time four years ago. And so... We are praying for revival, right? We're praying for the winds of revival, the rain of revival, the Lord to move. And so he wants to prepare. We don't know how many he's going to bring in and all, but look what he's done over these last years that we went from having a nursery and then a children's worship and then a gold rush youth ministry launched. And um, so the Lord is going to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine as we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen.